Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and uh, watching a three-year-old is kind of similar mentality to getting through the NCAA basketball tournament. Wow, that should be interesting to hear. And I am the Champ, and what a difference a year makes for me. Because uh, a Monday in March last year, I was preparing for a board meeting. Uh, this year, I was preparing for a national, uh, national baseball contest online. Yeah, much different, huh? Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it's a good feeling, let me tell you. Well, wh- um, what's, what's happening with you? Well, hold on. I just had one question for you. What has yeah. more, more pressure, a board meeting or a national fantasy baseball draft? Well, um, certainly, uh, if I look at it in comparison, it was the fantasy draft. Because last year when I was in the board meeting, it was going to be my last board meeting, and I really didn't care. Because <laughs> if you remember at that time, COVID was, was – was, uh, was was uh, um, becoming uh, very uh, was spreading, if yeah, you will. Yeah. And they had an emergency meeting, and they were asking me if there was an, how much cash, uh, how long could the company uh, survive without cash? And um, yeah, and I wasn't really concerned at that point because I was going to leave in two weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that's funny. I'm sure they appreciate your. That, that, that thought process. No, I worked, it, I worked it out and tried to sound sincere. So, okay. you know me. <laughs> yeah, that's I can great. be as glib as anybody. Yeah, boy. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we watched Jameson uh, one week in a month because Mad works one week in a month. And uh, yeah. so, you know how the mentality of uh, uh, an NCAA basketball team getting through that tournament is survive and advance. Yeah, that's the mentality of watching a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> survive and okay. advance, baby. Wow, that came together really well. Yep. Yeah. Survive and advance to the next, you know, <laughs> section of the day. <laughs> Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this week, not a lot of baseball news, but we do have some guests on. We have two guests on this week. Uh, the first one is Bob Freeze, owner of the Basura Bulls. Bob, you with us? Yes, I am. How you doing today? Pretty good. Yeah. Yourself? Yeah, I'm doing real good. Uh, hey, did you get vaccinated yet, or where are you at with that? No, I didn't get it yet. I applied, but I, I haven't got picked yet. All right. Well, maybe you'll get picked soon. Are you looking forward to it? <laughs> I would say I'm looking forward to it now. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. All right. Uh, so a couple things here. We had a ch- – you were part of a fairly big trade uh, a week ago or earlier this week. Um, you sent you sent Brian Anderson, third baseman for the Marlins, to uh, the Statman for uh, Marquez, the pitcher for the Rockies. Did, uh, how did that trade come about? Uh, well – Basically, I looked at my guys that I thought about keeping, and I wasn't real happy with Brian Anderson last year or the year before. So I thought, well, let me see what I can get for him. And uh, I went down through the list and saw who had extra players available, and Bill yeah. was one of them. So I called him up and said, uh, or I texted him and said that you know, I was interested in trading Anderson and. He said that, uh, and I, well, I was looking for, uh, uh, what's his name, Marquez. I was looking for Marquez, and he said, uh, letting me think about it, and next thing you know, he called me back and said, okay, I'm ready to do the deal. Okay. So it was pretty smooth then. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right. Um, it, Marquez was a guy you, you specifically eyed, or you were looking for a good pitcher with a lot of value attached to it? I was looking for a pitcher with some value attached, and I thought, I looking at his retention list, I thought, yeah, he might not keep him. So yeah. I thought, okay, this is a shot for me. So, okay, that's where I, that's where I came from. All right, and then you you swapped out uh, JT Real Muto with our other guest, and we'll get to him in a minute. Uh, so you you swapped out Real Muto for Mackenzie Gore. What, what, what was your thinking behind that, and who started that process? Oh, I started it. Um, I already have Wilson Contreras that I was going to keep for 50 cents, and um, 
uh, real Muta was going to cost me two bucks, and I thought, well, there's <clears throat> is there not much difference between the two of them? And I felt that there wasn't, so I thought, well, let me try trading. So I sent a list of guys to <clears throat> to uh, Sam and said, uh, I'm interested in uh, in Mackenzie Gore. Well, who would you like for him? And he said Real Muto, and that was basically the end of it. Okay, and you're going to keep you're going to keep Gore as a oyster, right? Because he 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 wasn't on a lineup in 2019. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, right. He, he's yeah he's uh <clears throat> he's my oyster this year, and uh, I don't even know if he's going to start the year with uh, San Diego or if he's going to be starting the trip away. But you're okay either way, I guess. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay either way. All right, so the, I'm looking at your retention. Uh, you got Bellinger. This is your last year with him. You got Contreras, Bell. We talked about Marquez that you traded for. Uh, I, I don't know if it was a surprise, but maybe it's a surprise at 38 years old, Adam Wainwright, that you retained him. W- what was your thought yeah, process I, behind that? Well, it was funny because I wasn't going to retain him, and then I'm looking at the list, and I'm going down through his stats and everything. And the projections this year were for him to win 15 games. So um, I thought to myself, well, if he even gives me 10, it's worth 50 cents. So um, I decided to keep him. Uh, it was between him and Colton Wong, and I was a little hesitant on Colton Wong. So I went with Wainwright. Okay. Jay, what, what, what are your thoughts when you saw Wainwright pop up? In that um, actually, here's the funny part is I never saw Bob's retention. When, where, where did I miss that? Uh, he might have just said it to me. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. Um, so I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so as you hear it now, it, it, what are your thoughts when you – when you? Uh, for 50 cents, uh, yeah, that's fine. Fifty cents. That that, that to me is 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 is, is okay. Um, he he's kind of like what you had talked about before with 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 Naris, um, Raj. That you can tell if he's going to have a good game or yeah. if he's going to have a bad game when when, when he's on. Um, the the nice thing about Wainwright is he's a professional pitcher, and yeah. even when he's struggling, he finds ways to get uh, get out um, when he's on uh, with that curveball. He's he's really good. But Bob's explanation. Of, of, of keeping him, um, I, I get that. Um, Colton Wong would have been nice if it was uh, probably 50 cents for a dollar. That's probably stretching it ju- just a bit, although I, I think he's going to have a pretty good year in Milwaukee. Yeah, that was my question, too. Yeah, dollar for 50 cents, I'd have probably kept him rather than Wainwright. Yeah, and, I, you know, going back to Wainwright, he's a – He's the exact opposite of what we talked about with Carlos Martinez last week. <laughs> like when when Martinez doesn't have it, he's just chucking the ball up there. But you're right, Wainwright is savvy enough to figure it out to get some innings out of him. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's interesting, and and maybe you're right. I mean, what do I know? You know, if you get ten wins out of a guy and he keeps his ERA close to four on the on the underside of that, yeah, I, I think it's a that's a good move. Are there any guys, Bob, that you had to leave off just because you didn't have room that you're you're second guessing this morning? No, no. The other guys that I had left were all two, three, four dollar guys, and uh, I didn't want to spend that much on them. So, okay, I, I would have gone with four instead of five if I didn't take him. All right, so that that brings up a question that. Uh, Jamie and I, well, Jamie asked me last week, it, are you adverse to spending to spending a lot of money in the retention selections? Like, do, do you not like spending $3 for someone just because it's it's a little bit, because you get nervous about the, the money? Yeah, I do get nervous about the money. But, uh, I mean, the guys that I had left were Strasburg, Blackman, and Goldsmith. Okay. And, uh, they were like Strasburg for three dollars. I thought was a little high. Um, Blackman for four was probably okay, but that still seems a little high. And Goldschmidt, I'm I like Goldschmidt, but I think he's on his way down. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Jay, do you, you got any questions? No, I, I like Bob's analysis. I, I think probably those players um, are a little bit pricey. Um, 
you, you know, I did pay three dollars for two players, uh, two different players. But I, I think Bob's probably right. Blackman at four dollars and Goldschmidt at four fifty is probably get cheaper um, in the auction. All right. So Bob, uh, we're gonna play a couple games with you here. Uh, you still you listen to our podcast, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna play shoots and ladders with you. So, right. Right. So I'm gonna name a player that's playing now and you're going to tell me if he's on the shoot the downside this year or a ladder the upside all right um and again there's a caveat that everyone's on a shoot for the wrong price and everyone's a ladder for the right price but uh but you you just your initial instinct all right you ready yep scott kingry (laughs) shoot (laughs) (laughs) why'd you laugh why'd you chuckle Oh, I've never been a Scott Kingery fan, okay. but, and, and he hasn't done anything to prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, next guy, Walker Bueller. Shoot or ladder? Ooh. Hmm. I'm going to say ladder. Okay. All right. And then last one, JT Realmuto. Is he on the shoot or the ladder of this season? Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to say ladder only because I really like him, but uh, um, catchers are hard. It's, it's hard with catchers. You, I mean, one little injury and they're done. Okay, yeah, and, and that's fair enough. All right, uh, all right, that's interesting. And then the last game we're going to play with you is uh, it's titled Was I a National League Batting Champion, right? So – uh, I'm going to give you a player, and you're going to tell me if he was if he won the batting title in the National League at any point. All right, you ready? Yep. Daniel Murphy. Mm, no. Oh, good. No, he did not win one. Nice. Justin Morneau. No. He did. 2014, he won the batting title with the Rockies. Hit 319. Uh. Yep. And then the last one is Andres Galarraga. <laughs> uh, no. Ah, wrong again. He did. He 1993 <laughs> won it for the Rockies. Hit 370. Uh, and just oh, as a just as a note, he had a just over a one OPS with 24 walks. 24 walks hit 370. That is a hell of a that's a hell of a year for the big cat. That is a hell of a year. Yeah. All right, Bob. Uh, any parting shots before we uh, we sign off with you before next Saturday? I, uh, the only thing I want to know is that, did Tim get to keep his sixth player, or did, uh, <laughs> did that rectify? We're going to deal with him after you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. So we'll see you okay. uh, next Saturday. Hey, Saturday. What time are we starting next Saturday? Noonish. Noonish. Yep. Be okay. there before noon. Yeah. Hey, hey, Bob. I will catch yeah. you tonight in uh, tonight's uh, Republic League draft, and hopefully we'll, we won't get too confused over uh, the players that we're drafting, and you know, <laughs> between that and the uh, the Bush League. But uh, good luck to you, and uh, I will be prepared. Oh, good. All I'm right. glad to hear it. I always like people that are prepared. <laughs> All right, Bob. It's good talking to you. See you next week. Okay. See ya. Thanks, Bob. Bye bye. All right, Sam, you on? Yes, sir. All right. I'm glad you called me, sir. We should keep that. I, I think I'm going to make everybody <laughs> call me, sir. All right, let's deal with some of your stuff here. So you got six active players. Did you see my email this morning? Yes. Yeah, so you got to knock one off. Yes, I think Sonny Gray is going to be knocked out, knocked off that list. You think or you know? I know. All right, Sonny Gray's coming off. I'll, I'll, I made a note of that there. All right, so – Let's talk about uh, your trade, right? Yes. Uh, were you hesitant giving up Gore, or or what, what was your thought process behind that? Well, I I, I really wasn't going to be able to keep him because I, I wasn't going to keep him over Sixto Sanchez. I, I just wasn't just being that. I think Sanchez is probably going to have a little bit better of a chance to play with the big club early on, which okay. I think is a little bit more important, especially in a year like this, I think younger players probably have a little bit of a disadvantage going into this year with a off-season last year. It was a little weird, and a lot of money was handed out. And I, I think I wanted this year – I just wanted to have my keepers be 
automatic guys that I could count on in a bunch of different categories. And I think, you know, Muto, it, I mean, at the casual position, you could say what you want, but he's also a guy that you could just put out in first base. And he, he's a natural-born hitter, I mean. And he's a lot in the line this year when you're looking at it. And I think it's really important for him to have a career year. So he either gets the bag next year or – because, I mean, there's been some contract problems with him in the Phillies. It's been kind of upsetting to see that's the case, but um, I think it's really an important year for him. And when Bob brought his name up in the tra- uh, trade talks, I, I knew it would be a lot of money, but I knew that I'm pe- I was paying really low prices for some of these guys that I probably would have paid a dollar, dollar fifty to keep, like Bauer and Bueller. So I, I think the $2 from your real Muto kind of is fine. Yeah, all right. I, I see where you're going with that, because um, you're kind of married to Bauer, Alonzo, Walker, Bueller, Albies. You get Real Muto. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of understand where you're going. Um, so let's talk about some of your, some of your retention. You picked up Bauer in a when he got traded from Cleveland. Did you? Were you kind of hoping after the Cincinnati run that? I'm like, what were you thinking when you're thinking like this guy could sign with anywhere, and I'm hoping I, I don't lose him. Uh, were you tracking yeah. that signing thing? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard this guy like talk before, but he yeah. also has a podcast. And yeah. I just love Trevor Bauer. I love the way he talks and the way he just breaks down pitching in such a way. It's really impressive, and I think finally he's. I mean, he was either going to end up with the Mets or the Dodgers, and both those teams this year, in my opinion, are going to win a lot of games. In the past, I've had a lot of pitchers that have been on stinker teams and not been able to pick up those wins. So I think having Bueller and Bauer, both one and two, on arguably the best team uh, in the NL, I think that's really key. And I think both of them are Cy Young candidates in the NL for sure. Okay. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, is there anyone that you left off that you're thinking that uh, maybe I should have rethought that? So I was kind of debating with Victor Robles. Um, uh, yeah. This, right. He was a guy that I could have kept for a decent price, but I've kind of had him and I've been trying to ride him out. And he's a talented defender, but I think sometimes his he, he just goes into these slumps and batting 230 is not really going to help me too much. And with – OPS coming in now, I don't know. He doesn't hit for much power. And the Nationals always seem to have multiple guys they could rotate everywhere on the field. So I think I just had to move on. In my thought process, the last two years, I felt like I tried to stick and ride with a lot of young players hoping for a breakout season. But this year with my retention, I was trying to go with more proven guys. So I wouldn't have to worry about if they were going through a slump to start the year because I think those guys – we'll find it through. And I think younger players who start off the year bad may actually be sent down and just forced to maybe play a little bit down this year. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, I think the other ones are, are pretty much locks when you talk about Pete Alonzo, Bueller and, and Albies. I mean, I, I yeah. think they're probably easy decisions. Uh, Jamie, what are your thoughts on the retention? Um, I, I want to know, Sam, are you feeling any pressure? Because this is a really nice um, retention class between you, Josh, and your dad. I, I think you guys have a lot of um, talented players, and not only talented players, but there, there's a lot of value in here because you're probably underselling um, what Bauer and Alonzo um, and, and Walker Peeler would have gone for. I, I think these guys are all um, more than $2 in, oh, yes. in, in, in the draft. So, um do you feel any pressure um, uh, in the draft, knowing that you have such a good retention class? Yeah, I, I do feel pressure. I think it really makes it important for the guys now that I'm going to be paying close to four bucks for that I hit. Like, I have to have guys in the back of my mind that are sure things because if I misfire and I think, like, take that makes that makes the move of, like, taking real Muto hurt a little bit worse. But I think if I'm able to just surround those guys with, maybe a few more bats or just, you know, guys I'm willing to pay a little more for. I think I'm willing to be in a good spot, but I, I am a little – I feel the pressure. I, this, has been, this has been a little – this is the most important draft for me so far as a Bush leaguer. So 
There you I go. Think, yeah. It really is. I, I think so. And uh, I was kind of upset. I mean, last year I knew this retouching class was going to be mine, and I was excited. But honestly, it might have worked out better than I had to wait this year. Now Bowers at Dodger, you know, I mean, he got his money. He's living out in L.A. I mean, there's a lot of pros to that. And I think Albies, he – I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. I mean, last year I think he, he did well for what he was asked, but – I think more. Pe- I think people are expecting a breakout from him, so I'm going to be excited to see what he can do on that Braves roster. And he's just such a fun player to watch to me. So I'm really excited to actually just watch some of these guys every day and see baseball back again. You know, that's that's a really good point, and and I think that you actually have been building for this because um, Ozzy Albies, you and I made a trade back in 2018. Um, I had just lost. Uh, let's see, who was it? I think it was Brad Hand was traded from San Diego to Cleveland. And I was in the lead, and I, I panicked, and I needed a reliever. And yes. I got Kenley Jansen from, from you, and you kept pushing that you wanted Ozzy Albies. And I'm like, well, I do, you know, do I keep him or do I try and win a championship? And uh, you traded me DeYoung and uh, Kenley Jansen for Albies, and then Jansen ended up with heart problems <laughs> that part of the year. So... <laughs> I'd say I probably lost out on that trade, but um, I think Albies is going to be a great pickup for you. Yeah, no, I mean, that's one thing I love about this league. It's almost very realistic in a way where you make moves like that two years ago and they still matter now, which is honestly really cool and just makes you think about the bigger picture a lot more. So I feel like I'm kind of I'm getting down the basis and trying to figure out what strategies work for me and how I could be more, more comfortable during the draft. Like, in my previous drafts, I honestly didn't have like a plan plan. I had players I liked, but sometimes I'd be a little gun shy. And this year, I, I'm just trying to be exact opposite. And I, I want to go in knowing what I want and willing to pay the money. You know, like I did pay a little more for Real Muto than I wanted to, but I was looking at the players that Bob was also throwing in that deal. And I don't know. I mean, he just stood out so much more than the other guys. And I really wasn't going to keep Gore. He's very young. I just don't know if he's going to be playing a lot on such a loaded roster, too. I think it's going to be tough for him in the beginning, but I think that's going to be a good move for Bob as well. So I think that trade honestly helped both of us, and I think it was a good, it was a good fair trade. And, and, and that's what you want. And speaking of the draft, um, I've been we've been doing this draft. Um, Roger can speak to this for over 30 years, and I got to be honest with you, I never feel comfortable going into the draft or even after the draft. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I'm sure it's so hard to feel comfortable after that. So just to, just to piggyback on your Albies, you know, thinking about a breakout year this year, his first yeah. full year was in 18. So from 18 to 19, where he played 158 and 160 games, he improved his OPS by almost a hundred points and his batting average by over 30, 30 points. Um, and, you know, last year is last year. He had 129, 124 plate appearances. I mean, you really can't get a read on that. Um, but yeah. I think you're right. I, I think this guy, I mean, he scored 100 runs in both his, full, you know, full seasons. Um, he's hit 24 home runs in both his full seasons. He improved his RBIs, so he's, he's hitting with men on base. Uh, yeah, I, I think for the, for the cost of him, uh, I, I think he might have hit a, a, a pretty big homer. Uh, for this guy Albies, I, I think he's going to be, he's going to be a really good player, and, and not a lot of people are focused on him when you deal with the Braves because you got Ozuna, you got Acuna, and you got Freeman, and he's kind of like the odd man out, and he probably sees a lot of fastballs, which obviously he could hit. So yeah, he's in a real good spot there. Yeah, no, I mean he's just a guy that I love watching. I, his bash is so quick. I love lefties too. I mean him being on that left side of the plate. I think also those guys that you mentioned, they're going to be batting behind him. So, I mean, hopefully they can knock him in. He's able to score some runs, steal yeah. some bases. Yep. He does it all. I mean, he really does it all. And I think he's an important part of that Braves team. If they really want to be successful and one of the top dogs in the NL, they need him to be a solid. I think they're going to probably have him the tool. They need them to be consistent. There. I think he's going to be. And I mean, I try to look for guys that continuously – expand on their game. And like Roger, like you said, I mean, his power's getting a little bit better. I think he's finding other ways that he could succeed as a player. And 
for a guy his size, for that power, I mean, that's really impressive. And I yeah, think yeah. it could only really get better. <laughs> the, the only thing I feel bad for the guy is he's only had like 15 and 14 stolen bases in the two full years that he's had. But he's batting in front of those those other three. Yeah, he ain't running anywhere because you ain't taking the bat out of those guys' hands. So he can yeah, probably no, steal that's... 30 bases, but it's never going to happen, like ever. So, um, but yeah, he's going to score a lot of runs. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good, he's a really good player. All right, uh, Jamie, you got anything else? Any other comments? No, that's just it. Uh, the more you guys talk about Albies, the more it hurts me in terms of the <laughs> trade. So. So let's, let's press on. Okay, <laughs> Sam, we're going to play some shoots and ladders with you. Remember that game as a kid? Yep. All right, so I'm going to give you a player. You're going to tell me if he's on the shoot this year or the ladder. All right, first okay. player, Jason Hayward, shoot or ladder? Shoot. I mean, I think he's been kind of a he, – he's one of the jokes of the Bush League for sure. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I had him the one year, and I picked him up for about 10 or 15 cents maybe, and he actually ended up dying in two. 2015 with the Marlins hit 333. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's these were tough ones. Yeah, I, I did not know D Gordon wore a batting tunnel. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Neither did I when I looked I, this up. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, man, that feels crazy to think about. So, how many teams has he been on since then? Like three? I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's, that's unbelievable. And now he's, Honestly, I, he's deteriorating, I, too, a little bit. And I think he's with the Reds now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, that was fun. So, uh, Sam, you got any parting shots before next Saturday? Your dad's coming to pick you. When's he picking you up? Saturday morning? Yeah. Okay. He's going to come Saturday morning. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be staying up this week, trying to just stay in and, uh, you know, eyes on the prize for Saturday. All right. So, you're gonna, you got any tests coming up this week? No, I think I have a pretty uh, easy easy week. Last week was a pretty busy one for me. I'm currently pledging a fraternity right now, so I've been pretty busy. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for this draft definitely, and just to you know get out and see my dad. It'll, it'll be good. All right, cool. Hey Sam, you you got your biggest test on Saturday, so it really is. <laughs> yeah, <It> really is. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll see you in a week. All right. 
We'll, I'll see you guys. All right, good. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it. All right, James. Uh, yeah, that was good having those guys on it. And uh, it, it, was, uh, it was a couple surprises with, uh, with the retention. But, you know, overall, it's pretty much what you expected. You know, I, I like the ideas, um, what goes through everybody's head yeah. in, in terms of retention. There, there are some players that, you know, are obvious, and there's others that, you know, when Bob was talking about Adam Wainwright, and I'm like, why would he retain him? And then when he started to explain it, I'm like, okay, yeah. for the yeah. for the price, I, I, I get that. And, and everybody has a different strategy, and you had asked questions. There, there are people um, like – um, like myself, and I think like you, um, who aren't afraid to retain people at three, three fifty, that type of thing, um, knowing that it, a lot of these players will go for that price in the draft anyway. Um, but but I, I like everybody's thought process going in. But it, it just becomes so tough in, in an auction. In the draft, it's it's a little bit easier. You can kind of map out the first three, four rounds. But in the draft, you have your heart set on a player, and so does one other. All it takes is one other player, one other owner. To mess up your plans. Yeah. No. Yeah. To get into a bidding war and and yeah and it it your budget shot and you got to restructure Painful. everything. All right. So uh, in keeping before we get to the other retention and keeping with the March Madness theme of yeah. this month, uh, we have another tournament for you to play in. All right. It's called the best sitcom intro music. All right. All right. All right. So uh, number one seed versus the number eight seed. Cheers. Versus George Lopez. Who are you going with with that? Oh boy! You, you know, first of all, I'm not sure that the committee did their uh, seating work properly because <laughs> George Lopez show that probably should probably be a you know three or four seat um, music by 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 War. So okay. it wasn't originally written for George Lopez, but but who didn't love not only that song but but also the show? Um, it's 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 great, but. I don't think anything can top uh, uh, Cheers and, and, and that song. So, uh, reluctantly, I'm going to take Cheers over George Lopez show. Okay. All right, good. Uh, in that same bracket, number four seed, Good Times, versus number five seed, Welcome Back, Cotter. Uh, another, this is like another tough one. But I'm going to say, I'm going to have to go with Good Times. Okay. And, and I'll tell you why. Is, is because, if you remember, this has a little Bush League significance. In our 1992 or 1993 trip to Chicago, when we went from Wrigley Field yeah. to over to Comiskey Park, if you remember, um, Bill and Bob Kirk were singing this song from Good Times. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I probably stood away from that. If that, if I remember that, <laughs> I probably walked away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, the bottom bracket, number two, The Office, versus number seven, Sanford and Son. Um, I, I got to go with, with The Office. Okay. Uh, that's a classic. Yeah. All right. And then the number three seed, The Jeffersons, versus the number six seed, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. So I guess we go from um, West Philadelphia, born and raised, to moving on up. Right. And uh, I think I got to take uh, moving on up. All right. We'll go with The Jeffersons. All right. We'll circle back for the semis uh, in a little bit. All right, uh, sticking with the retention. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just throw out some guys, uh, some teams that you know that that responded. Uh, Lakers, um, they're going to keep um, Will Smith, the catcher, right? Oh wait, wait, not Will Smith from Fresh uh, Prince of Bel Air. No, not that one. He's eliminated. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I thought it was going to be a nice uh, transition. Uh, he's going to keep Max Freed for a quarter. Um. He's going to keep Darvish for a dollar. We had to look that up, but he's still good with him. This will be his last year with Hugh Darvish. Uh, he's going to keep Azuna for two fifty, And then a little surprise, Kevin Gausman, he's going to keep for $0.50 cents a pitcher for the Giants. Any thoughts on Oh, and then he has Tyler Maley as an oyster, which I think is a nice nice little retention there. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, well, all, all of these are subject, uh, I think, both Bill – and Tom, who we had on last week, are going to um, fact check to make sure that the places and the players that, um, are going to be able, number one, retention service, that they haven't expired, and number two, checking the prices. So this is all subject to that, but 
Uh, no, I like. I like. It looks like he went, you know, a little pitcher heavy, which which is good because there's going to be a lot of pricing with uh, price inflation with pitchers. And I, I like the Kevin Gosman pick. Um, yeah. I actually was, was kind of targeting him because I, I thought he was going to go cheaply, and I'm a little disappointed that Rick actually kept him. <laughs> yes, I was too. Yeah, um, and I, I forgot where he, I forgot Rick even had. Um, I think he came over from the Orioles a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah. And, yep. uh, yeah, that was a nice little pickup by him. And then we have so, – go ahead. Yeah, everything he has there looks good. Yeah. Uh, then we have the stat man who he, he was pretty open about what he was doing. Though he didn't keep the pictures he mentioned uh, when he was on as a guest with us the other week. Uh, he kept Flaherty, 50 cents. He kept McCutcheon. He said he was locked into him. Kept Urias. He said he felt good about him. And then Zenzel – is someone he was kind of leaning toward, but uh, he wasn't sure about Marquez and, and him, but then he traded Marquez. Um, and he and he brought up Mitch Keller in our when he was on the show, and he ended up keeping him as an oyster. Um, yeah. And then he traded, him and I traded uh, Brian Anderson. I gave him Brandon Nimmo. Uh, maybe he kind of read what I was talking about, you know, when he listened to the podcast where I just, I was getting, giving up on Nimmo. Um so we made a little swap there. Um, what are your thoughts initially? Yeah. Um, so, so jumping back, good for Bill because he essentially pulled off a three-way trade, right? Yeah. He got um, he got um, Brian Anderson uh, from the Bulls and then flipped Brian Anderson to you. So that that's at least in my memory, that's probably the first three-way trade that that I remember. And um, I'm guessing because he picked up Brandon Nimmo. Um, probably supplanted um, either Chris Paddock or Joe Musgrove because those are the two Padre pitchers yeah. that I think he was debating on. But but I'm guessing Nemo um, um, topped both of those uh, those two pitchers. So which is good because uh, I'm looking for pitching. So um, and I wasn't looking as as closely as uh, at, at Brandon Nemo. So I'm glad that Paddock and Musgrove are back into the uh, auction pool. Yeah, uh, yeah, I am too. Yeah, because. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how much they go for. Um, then we have the Sewer Hawks. Uh, these are easy. Kept Tatis for a quarter. Pablo Lopez for a quarter. Brandon Woodruff for 50 cents. Uh, this is Cattell Marte. Um, yes. $1.50. And he spent some money on Acuna. Three bucks, but I think it's less than what he would have paid for him in the open market. Yeah, it is. And if you remember when uh, Acuna first came up, when Bob retained him, or excuse me, when Bob originally um, picked him up in the auction, he was an untested rookie, had not even had a major league at bat, and he already went for like 225 or two, something like that, back in 18 or 19. So that was, um, um, that, 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 I guess it's rare that a rookie can really shine like that. Yeah. Um, yesterday yeah. around 5 o'clock, um, Bob had texted me because the only people that I had seen um, submitting retention at that point was uh, Josh, who was early in the morning yesterday, and myself. And Bob Bob Kirk was texting me, who should he retain? And, of course, I had to be a smart aleck and say, uh, retain Jacob DeGrom for 450 <laughs> <laughs> Is that is that how much he would have cost it, 450 yeah. yeah, if you remember, Bob and I back in nineteen, I went I went four bucks and, or four oh five, and Bob went four ten, which shocked me. Um, and that's why he would cost four fifty. Um, but but I'm guessing he's going to go close to four dollars again this year. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, then we have the Bearcats, who, uh, based on our conversation uh, with him last week, I think he talked himself into a couple players. So he he kept Patrick Corbin for a dollar fifty, which. Seemed like he was locked into uh, Christian Walker. He, remember, he was kind of on the fence with him. Uh, a, friend of the Space Otters. Friend of the Christian Space Otters, yeah. Uh, kept him for a quarter. Uh, yep. He was, he was not leaning towards Zach Davies during our conversation, but kept Zach Davies for a quarter. He was concerned that the whole Padre home field and Chicago home field, right, that, that yeah. might have been a difference. Um I brought up the Austin Riley. Was he in this thought process? Said he was. Had some other things going on. Kept Austin Riley for a quarter. And then he kept Dans Dansby Swanson, who 
I think he talked favorably about, and I think he was probably leaning toward. Am, am I remembering that conversation correctly? No, you're, you're right. And I think what this points out is, Raj, you are an, actually a Bush League influencer. <laughs> that's not good. That's <laughs> 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 I don't know if that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like he talked himself into a couple players. Um, and he did say about Walker, he's like, I'm not sure if he's going to play enough to keep him, but maybe what he's read recently, he is. Um, then we have uh, Josh, the dudes. Uh, this yeah. is pretty easy. Kept Juan Soto for 50 cents. Uh, Machado for 50 cents. Castellanos for a quarter. Keston Hira for a quarter. A uh, little surprise at Zach Eflin. Uh, a, a little bit, but I mean, look at the rest of his picks. Look at uh, his, his oysters that he's getting free. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't even is, get to that. This is yeah. this is probably one of the best uh, retention classes. Yeah, so he keeps Alex Baum and Gavin Lux on the reserve, which I'm sure he's going to bring up day one. Uh, he forgoes the first two picks in the reserve round, but uh, I don't think he can do better than that in the first two picks. No, no. Yeah. But you know what? He'll, he'll go hard after his boy Bryce Harper. So he'll, he'll yeah. probably be pushed up into the $4 range. Yeah, he will. Um, and then we had uh, we had you. You went pretty much chalk with what you talked about, right? Yeah, the only, the only thing that I was thinking is that I might not keep Alex Reyes. And the more I thought about yeah. it right. and the fact that he would be my second pick in the reserve round, um, I thought, yeah, what, what, what the heck? Let's let's see what happens. You know, um, unfortunately, I'm married to him. So, <laughs> so a couple things here, uh, Jordan Hicks. I saw that. I watched that whole sequence, the 22-23 pitch um, sequence he had with that Met. Did you see yeah, that? Luis Gour- Gour- yeah, Luis Guillorme. Yeah. What a what, that was a great battle. I've I've not seen anything like that. And Hicks was throwing good pitches. I mean, they, you know, he that uh, Luis was just fighting him off. Um, he, he tipped a pitch in like the teens, 16, 17 and, and, um, Molina couldn't hang on. It was a tough, uh, a bit tough play, but yeah. And, and then they took him out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing, uh, I sent you that, I don't know if it was a story, a rumor, or it was a idea about the Trevor story and the Yankee thing. Uh, do you, do you give that any credence? Uh, certainly. Um, this has been talked about before, um, and, and that was part of my hesitation with yeah. retaining story. But I, I, I'm hoping that if any trade happens, that it ha- happens in, 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 in July, even though I'm paying full price on, on story. Okay. Um, I, I, I want, I, let's put it this way. I, I could not let him go back into the pool um, with the idea that he can put up, you know, five-tool um, stats. Sure. And um, I'll take that chance. But certainly that's been rumored. Um, Him going to the Yankees, was it for Glaber Torres? Uh, Yeah, Glaber Torres and a few other guys. But, yeah, he would be the main. Yeah, that kind of of trade would make sense. But I I don't know what the Rockies are going to do. I mean, that that, that front office is such a mess. Who knows? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they they might just wait to to the end of the year. I mean, because sometimes you just don't get value for those guys in the July trade deadline. You know what I mean? The, well, and, and yeah. that puts more that that puts more credence in the fact that he might be traded earlier because um, somebody like the Yankees may want him from you know basically day one and get six months instead of two months. Yeah, I feel because like I he, believe he's going to be a free agent, isn't he, after this year? Ooh, is that right? I thought he was. I still I, on I, I don't know that. I don't know that for a fact. Well, that makes a bigger difference. Um, yeah, I don't know where we can find. Where can we find that? I'm looking. I'm looking at Baseball Reference now. Uh, it looks like earliest free agent is 22. Yeah. So we hit arbitration. He get he gets 18 million this year. Okay, so wait, wait is is he a free agent or going to arbitration next year? It said earliest free agent is 2022. Oh, well, yeah. See. Yeah, they're gonna deal him. That 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 you know what? And, and as an owner, that can kind of sink your. Um, think your season if that happens early well especially at three bucks yeah yeah i mean it's a difference when you lose 75 cents off your roster you lose three dollars i mean that's 
that's a big hit. And I doubt the Dodgers are in the in the market for him. Um, no, not with Corey Seager. Yeah. So you can probably rule out most of the National League. Well, this is going to be this is going to be the world I live in um, in twenty twenty one. Yeah, but they 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 might you know you know we'll see it, we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll get off to a hot start and they'll stick around a little bit. You know, if he if he stays in the wild card race, I don't think they are. They're going to lose a hundred games. But no. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and then mine, I, I got to send something out. Well, let, let me go over it. Uh, I kept Mustakis, Escobar. Uh, I talked myself into Kyle Hendricks and talked myself into Hector Naris for a quarter. Kyle Hendricks would be $2. I made that trade with Nimbo and Brian Anderson. I, mean, I, I forgot to put Anderson in the, in the email. Just send me, a, send me a text saying, yeah, you can keep him. No, you can't. I'm okay either way. I'm not gonna make a big deal of it. Um, either way, I wasn't gonna keep Nimmo. So uh, I'm requesting a waiver on the Brian Anderson for a dollar thing. Um, again, neglected to put him in there. I feel like this is kind of like the Bob Horner vote. Remember the Bob Horner well, vote? Yeah, kind of. Um, but you know, here is your first chance to display your power um, as as commissioner. So are are you gonna soft pedal this and you know? Um, Throw yourself on, you know, on your sword and say, "Hey, everybody, vote on this." Or you're just going to say, "Hey, I'm doing this because I'm the commissioner." So no, let, I, let's see if you really have the excuse. Well, th- this is what it is. If I don't get a text from everyone by the end of Monday, okay. um, and it's it's official, it's on record on our podcast. Everyone has a link. If I don't get a text by the end of Monday, <laughs> there we go. That's a, what I like. That's non, what I like, Karen. No backing down. A non-response is a yes. You can keep them. <laughs> there you go. He's back. There we go. Yep. So I'm, <laughs> I, I was apologetic. Uh, and uh, everyone knows the rules. Negative wait, wait, responses. Wait, that's what that was? Yes. That was an apology? It was kind of. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry you feel bad that I'm going to keep him. That's kind of like an <laughs> <laughs> Right? Very nice. That's an apology. Um, I don't think we missed anyone. Oh, Case. Uh, so Case... And I, we, we have to. I, I looked this up with the Christian Pache. Uh, I, he had him in nineteen. He didn't drop him, but we just need some verification on that. Um, and then he also kept. He kept Luis Castillo. Right. Yep. And he kept. Who else did he keep? Um, Mike Soroka. Boom and Mike Soroka. Mike Soroka, and then he's. And then he's going to keep uh, Pache as an oyster. Uh, again, yeah. I looked it up. I see him on the roster, and he didn't drop him in 19. So I think he can keep him as an oyster. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the only thing that I saw here um, for Case that I was a little bit surprised is that, and I could be off here, so, so help me out, is that he, he didn't retain uh, Tommy Edmond. Yeah, he kicked it around, he said, and he – and he, he gave me a reason, and I can't remember what it was. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, he, that's one of the first things he brought up to me. He wasn't sure what to do with him. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he's probably I, – yeah. I, I, I think he was on the fence with him. So. Well, you know, the, the reason why I, I bring up Edmund, you know, first of all, I don't think the price is all that heavy at, at 25 cents because I, I think he's going to go for – um, much more than that in the draft. But the fact that he qualifies um, at third, short, and outfield, and if we had seven versus ten, he would have qualified at second base too. And he'll, he'll get a second base qualification ten games into the season this year. So it's, it's just that multi-position um, sure. eligibility yeah. that I, I think it makes him a little bit more valuable than his cumulative stats. Okay. Um, and I don't think we missed anyone. Did I miss anyone? No, no. I, I think I think you got them all. So um, I, I, I guess there, there had been a request um, asking you to put those into um, CBS Sportsline website. Yeah, I'll get with you this week because I'm having some I'm having some troubles. I, 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 what do you mean troubles? I can't figure out how to do it. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. I, you know what? That, that is a problem every year. Nobody. 
uh, it, it's such such a hassle. Maybe we we can pay um, Pete Barth ten bucks to go back in and do all these because we, we seem to have liked that. I, I, we, I couldn't stand it. I hated it. We can't even get him to answer the phone. We... <laughs> <laughs> well, we get him to answer the phone or text, but but he he, he doesn't seem to be able to uh, stick to uh, to a date. So. Oh my gosh! All right, um, and then we have uh, well before we get into to the Twib notes, let's do the. Uh, Semifinals. Okay. All right. So we got Cheers, number one seed, versus Good Times. Good Times, the number four seed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go with, uh, with with Cheers wow. on, on that one. Okay. All right. Because I, I don't want to suffer a temporary layoff. <laughs> You're a permanent layoff now. Yeah. Uh, and then we got the number two seed. Well, well at least I'm not an easy credit ripoff. That's true. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, number two seed, The Office, versus the number three seed, The Jeffersons. Wow. I, I, I like The Jeffersons because there's there's actual lyrics to it, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, go with The Office. So we got a one and two seed. Okay. The Office. All right. Uh, so I just got a text from Bob Fries. He's, he still must be listening. He said I could keep Anderson for a dollar twenty-five. I have to put a twenty-five cent penalty on there. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'll vote yes to that. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't part of the vote. I have line item <laughs> veto too, so I can get rid of. Wow. It. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This is nice. All right. No reason to have power if you don't abuse it. Yeah, that's why you have it. All right, uh, Twib Notes, brought to you by Schaefer. Schaefer, the one beer to have if you're having more than one. Uh, this week, I got a beer called Bengali. It's from Six Point Brewery in Brooklyn, New York. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, I have, and I've had some of their beers, and they're, they're, they're good beers. They're good beers. I don't know if I've actually had Bengali. Um, that's an IPA, right? It is an IPA. Uh, it's a little bitier. Then the the last couple of beers I have okay. probably yep. lean yeah a little bitier which it's funny how I've been doing this for four weeks now and I'm actually liking the bitier the beer the better okay yeah all right so this is very yep. orange it comes in an orange can and the beer is have has an orange tint to it and I, I, it is a little bitey but I I I enjoy it <laughs> yeah it's pretty good it's funny how my palate I mean, we talked about this last week my palate's changed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you're really going after some of the uh, the um, IPAs, which which has a lot of uh, a bittering um, with with the hops. Um, one of the things to take a look at is, is again the IP, IBUs, which measures the bitterness. Um, is, is it possible that um, coming up that that you're going to uh, veer from um, the IPA segment of beers and maybe move into um, I don't know, uh, a brown ale or um, Belgian Bel- Belgian ales or something like that? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe I will move into the Belgian. Um, okay. be, again, I choose these things based off of what the can looks like. So that's, I have no fine. idea. And you're still being pretentious, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, good. And just to answer your question, it's a 66 IBU. I don't even know what okay. that means. All right. Yeah, that that has a little bite to it. Okay. So what what would be what would be the benchmark of like all right that's starting to be a little bitier. What what's the number? That's I, you know what I, I would have to do research oh. on that because I I, I really don't know. I, I know that um, um we're, we're going to move you into as we start to get into the the, the, the fall we're going to start moving you into uh, stouts and porters which don't have as many IBUs. Um, but we, we got to get you past that, that, that color thing. So we'll, we'll, we'll move into that. Okay. You're, you're, you're doing great. <laughs> so just as a note, uh, it's 6.6%, uh, ALC by volume. So it's, it's a little, okay. yeah, you just gotta be mindful of that. All right. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, that's, 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 that's not too bad. Um, wait till you see what, uh, Tom and Bill bring next week. Um, um most of their beers are going to be clocking in somewhere, you know, over eight. Okay. All right. Yes. Uh, and then we got today in baseball history. Uh, this is kind of interesting. 1908, 
right? 1908, Ty Cobb signs a one-year deal worth $4,000 plus 800 bucks if he hits over 300. That's got to be the easiest 800 bucks Ty Cobb ever made. <laughs> I, I got to believe that $4,000 was a pretty good salary back in 1908, wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's got to be. Um, it, so he hit 324 that year. And when I when I looked up his stats, I, I mean, and I know it's turn of the century stuff, and you know it, it's just it's just a lot different than what it is now. Um, but I mean, to hit a baseball, you hit a baseball. It doesn't matter what century you're in. So uh, the year before, he hit 350, and he pretty much led the league in almost every category. Um, and then he went on a run, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. He never hit under 340 after that until 1926. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good clip. Um, and then in 1976, Mark Fidrich. Remember Mark the Bird Fidrich? Tears car- cartilage in his left knee. Comes back that year. 11 starts, 6-4, and four, under a 3 RA, and makes the all-star team, but that was the beginning of the end for for Fidrich. Um, do you remember this guy pitching? I do. I mean, he took um, he, he took uh, Major League Baseball by storm. Was it the previous year, 775? 76. You know, in all his yep. antics. I'm sorry? Yeah, 1976. Yeah, he was 19 okay. and 9. He, he, he he, he, he took uh, the league by storm, and he's one of these players. I mean, he was he he, he was a meteor, right? He, he he burned brightly, and then he faded out pretty quickly. And you, you wonder, 45 um, years later, if the advances in medicine, if between the knee injuries and any arm injuries, you know, and the regimen of, of how they protect pitchers now, um, if his career would have been longer than, than it was. Yeah, I, and I made I misspoke. It's 1977. He tore the cartilage in his knee. Um, 76. Gotcha. It was his rookie year. He was 19 and nine, and he took everyone by storm. He started the All Star game in the vet, and you know, talking to the ball and manicuring the mound and that whole thing with the long curly hair. And um, yeah, he he was quite he, he, a show. Yeah, and, and you know what? I, I've seen some some um, documentaries on him, and um, even though his career was was over fairly quickly i know he played in some independent ball he never harbored any bitterness over you know not playing in the major leagues or attaining that level again you know some people would have been devastated by that but you know he seemed to be just a a a normal uh normal guy and uh, enjoyed his time in the major leagues yeah and i i think he talked about like he used the same glove he used in high school like that, <laughs> like that type of thing um yeah, so it, he was he was an interesting cat. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated with Big Bird, and it seemed like he enjoyed his time in the major he did. leagues. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, by 1980, he was done, and uh, yeah, uh, he ended up 29 and 19 with a 3.10 ERA. So it's actually a pretty good, pretty good ERA. Um, yeah, he but he he was a fun guy to watch. Uh, he still he, well, he was. Uh, I guess he still is um, much beloved in Detroit. I mean, obviously he has since passed, but whenever they returned for old timers games, he would get some of the loudest applause. Yeah, yeah, and I, that documentary I think you're referring to, where his, his daughter goes back, and they always give yes. him standing ovations, and yeah, yep. it's cool. You know what it. I mean? It's just a cool, it's a cool thing that Detroit still remembers, still remembers that. Okay. Uh, before we get into the last section, the walk-off, we have the finals. Um, just as a reminder, number one and number two seeds made it all the way. It's the first time. Um, who are you going with? Cheers or the office? So, so let me just jump back for a second here, because if, if I were rating um, based upon the comedy, um, George Lopez would have been much higher. Um, the music was not made for uh, the show, which is the reason why I voted for Cheers. And um, it, it, if we're looking at one, two, Cheers versus The Office, um, no no lyrics in, in The Office, um, I got to go where everybody knows your name and choose Cheers. Okay. That's, that's where you're going with. I am. Were you a big fan of the show? Say again? Were you a big fan of the show? 
I, I yes, I, I I really like Cheers. It's it, it was it was really funny. Um, I think The Office is one of my favorite comedies, um, along with you know I guess Mash was kind of a a dramedy. Uh, I think George Lopez is a very underrated comedy. That he he is hilarious in that. Yeah, it, you agree? Yeah, that's a good show. I um I I think he's yeah that show was very underrated as underrated as was uh, Blackish. I used to love that show. Too. Oh, I love. I, yeah. Well, I mean, if we're looking at modern day shows, yeah, uh, yeah Blackish is, is is one of my favorite comedies, um, along with um, Parks and Rec. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah and good um, Modern Family was very well written. Yeah, that's a classic. They're uh, that those shows are stop. Like when I'm clicking through, if I'm watching TV or something, and I see that, I'm stopping on it. I'm, I'm yeah, watching. Absolutely. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right, what are you walking off with? All right, well, I just want to remind everybody, we got draft day next Saturday, the 27th. Um, you've put together a fairly comprehensive list of what to, to bring. Um, I would ask anybody if they have an HDMI cable, um, if they could bring that or if they have a projector, just, just to be sure. Um, I will bring a VGA cord. Um, well, um, I'm, I'm assuming everybody's going to bring their laptops, and um, you'll put out a, a draft time, right? I think we're pushing to actually start the draft, what, noon? Noon. Noonish? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think we have the room pretty much all, um, all, all evening. I'm going to try and get there about an hour early at 11. So, you know, everybody heads down. Um, we're taking off next, uh, next Saturday. So um, good luck. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I'll put out another reminder at the beginning of the week or midweek, you know, just to make sure everyone's on the same page. Everybody stay safe. Yeah. Um, all right. So what are you so, walking off with? Yeah. So I'm going to keep with the March Madness theme. So I've been watching basketball the uh, past couple <laughs> of days. And, and I think they're, you know, they're trying to keep a, everyone in a bubble. One of the teams got had the forfeit yesterday because they had some guys pop positive and, um, and they had to forfeit the game and the, the way the way the NCAA is moving is just like, hey, if you don't got guys, we're moving on. There's no makeup game. Um, okay. And it dawned on me, you know, when I watched college basketball over the last, you know, how, how many decades, it, being a major college basketball coach has to be one of the toughest jobs in the country. And, and this is why I say that. Because you can win 22, 25 games a year, but if you don't win in March, if you you don't win in March, you're going to get fired. And, and, th and there's guys that, that had some upsets uh, this year, like Texas got upset yesterday. Now, Shaka Smart, who's a really good basketball coach, is probably going to get let go because he, he hasn't won a game in March since, like, 2013 when he was at VCU. And I, mm. I just feel like, man, that, 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 that is a high-pressured job. And then you're dealing with 18 to 20-year-olds and some of these teams are dealing with 18-year-olds pretty much their whole career because, you know, you look at Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, they're all the one-and-dones, Kansas. It just must be a crazy hard job. And, and as I, I look at these bigger schools that are getting upset, I, I, I don't want to say I feel bad for them. I mean, that's their job, and they know the deal. But I'm just saying it's, that's a tough gig, man, to be a, a, a basketball coach in the NCAA like a a large Division One school, and and to get let go. I mean, look at Phil Martelli. Phil Mart he's at Michigan now, but Phil Martelli coached at St. Joe's for twenty plus years, and he got fired for not winning enough games and getting to the tournament. It's like, what are we what are we talking about? St. Joe's doesn't have the the uh, the resources that that he, who he's going up against. You know, when when he gets teams in the tournament, so I, it just it may be dawn on me that. That it's a tough gig, man. It, it it's a job I definitely would not want. Um, so I, I, you know, I have some empathy for these guys. Yeah, um, certainly as any kind of uh, revenue generating coach in the NCAA, um, expectations are really high. Fortunately for them, so is the the compensation, probably um, more so um, than than the expectations is is the compensation. So. You know, these, like you said, these guys know um, what they're getting into, and there's there's always an aftermarket for these coaches, so they'll, yeah, they'll be is. fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. I've, yeah, I just meant that it's high pressure. Yeah, it's a high pressure job. You get paid for it, 
Yeah. I, hey, I what, what could be more high pressure than going into a Bush League draft next week with, you know, a retention class and not being sure if Trevor Story is going to be on your roster? Tell me, what could be more uh, uh, tense than that? Maybe leader of the free world. Other than that, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe leader of the free world during a pandemic. But other than that, nothing. <laughs> nothing could okay, be, so carry more pressure. With the highest unemployment rate since since the Great Depression. Other than that, there's nothing There's nothing that has more pressure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, so you, you chose Cheers as the uh, number one sitcom theme intro music. Uh, you got anything else, champ? No, Chief. I will see you um, next Saturday in uh, Hershey slash Humblestown, uh, Pennsylvania. It's going to be fun. Looking forward to our uh, draft next week. Stay safe and do your research. All right, buddy. See you next week. See you. Sometimes you